All right, there we go. We are live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 12. This is our Iron Man match episode. This is our Hollywood backlot brawl episode of the Essential Wrestling Podcast. My name is Al Carl. Tyler Adele, again, uh, he's uh, busy being actually essential, not just on the podcast, but he's actually helping the Long Island schools get ready for the upcoming school year. So once again, I will be joined uh, by my two close wrestling friends. First, on the bottom part of your screen, the first ever pro wrestling pick'em champion, John DeConi. How's everything going, John? Good, good. Thanks for having me aboard again today, Al. And you know what? I just put two and two together on it. I, Larry Zabisco, is that why you're doing that? <laughs> yeah, okay. I, 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 how many weeks has it been you've been doing that? And it just hit me right now. Larry Zabisco. In the top right part of your screen, we are with John Smith. John, how's everything going today, pal? Good, man. Feeling great. Fresh off my uh, first ever Impact pay-per-view watching live. Yeah, we'll get to Impact in a second. It's on our list of things to talk about. Obviously, Slammiversary was a huge show. Uh, but first things first, before we get started, um, as we announced all over social media the past two days, we have a new partner. We have new friends here at the Essential Wrestling Podcast at ProWrestlingPick'em.com. The Eveson Observer, all powered by the Blackjack Media Networks. Uh, we would like to welcome MinutesToBell.com. Um, if you're into stats, if you're into numbers, if you're into all of that fun stuff, this is the site for you. You're going to be seeing a lot of their graphics on our show today, a lot of the numbers that they've compiled. This guy is pretty much the Elias Sports Bureau of professional wrestling. I was drawn to him right away. I reached out to him like, dude, we can do something here. So, um, like I said, MinutesToBell.com. He has a weekly newsletter um, that will remind you again at the end of the show to sign up for. But uh, the newsletter is called The Body Slam Brigade. Uh, bleh. Body Slam Brigade. Um, great read. Sit down. Not too long. Not too short. Just right in the middle where it's absolutely perfect. Going over all the shows. Going over all the records. All the stats. Um, this guy This guy is a good guy. Uh, we love to have him around. And I, I do have to say this. We're really glad that you're our friends. And hopefully this is a friendship that never, never ends. So with that. Uh, today's headlines on the Special Wrestling Podcast. Uh, two champions make their first title defenses on NXT that immediately get confronted by their next challengers. AJ Styles with a big intercontinental title defense on SmackDown. Randy Orton delivered his promise by punting the big show. New champions and all the surprises at Slammiversary, as John just mentioned. We're definitely going to get into that. Uh, we're going to be making uh, picks for this, upcoming, uh, this week's upcoming matches. Which, of course, is sponsored by ProWrestlingPick'em.com. Play against your friends. Play against the universe. Um, as well as help from uh, MinutesToBell.com. They're involved in this as well. Uh, we're going to main event the show with Taz throwing the towel in at Fight for the Fallen. But we're going to curtain the show, curtain jerk the show right now with the horror show that was Extreme Rules. <laughs> Um, horror show is a little bit of an understatement. I'd like to think it is a bleep show, because what the hell was that, John DeConi? Your guess is as good as mine. Uh, I, when I went to look at the scores afterwards, because as you know, my next door neighbor Joe is always very invested in 
whether or not he's beaten you and I specifically. I, I realized oh. that what there were there were only what four matches that actually had outcomes. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. And and one of them was the eye for an eye match, which oh dear lord. Yeah, we will get into all of that. Uh, John Smith, we'll, we'll, we'll start off with you, uh, with you real quick. Uh, the Wyatt Swamp match, um, pretty entertaining. I enjoyed it. It was only, I think it was like 15 minutes, I think, if uh, I, uh, I remember how to tell time. I believe it was only around 15-minute area. Um, I'll let you get into it, but the one thing I really enjoyed, it was, it was kind of low on Bray Wyatt to involve Alexa Bliss in this one. That kind of... I, everyone kind of forgets about that. That pulled up Raw's heartstrings. I'm assuming. Yeah, that's that's our girl too. So, uh, yes. yeah, that was interesting. I really liked how they had um, Braun Strowman knock out Braun Strowman at the beginning, yep. and then he woke up in chains. The chains did not look tight, though. They could have made that look a little bit better, in my opinion. That's just uh, being nitpicky, though, like I normally do. Well, you don't um, want to cut off any circulation here. I mean, we're trying to. <laughs> Yeah, right. Um, I mean, as far as the outcome of the match, I mean, it, is Bray Wyatt the winner? I mean, maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I had to throw the match out between that, the Raw Women's title, and, you know, the United States title, which never happened. I I can't declare one officially. WWE.com didn't declare one, John DeConnie, so how could I? Who am I? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, he threw he threw Bray in the, the water. We saw the water come calm. Uh, Strowman declared it's over, and then, exactly as was predicted earlier by a certain member of this panel, uh, a hand came out of the water and pulled Bray right in, or pulled uh, Strowman right in with him. What do you do at that point? I, I don't know, yeah, but the, the Fiend emerged, uh, and he got the last laugh at the end. That was a very, very intimidating, you know, shot of the Fiend's face up close. It's been a couple months that we've seen the Fiend, I think since WrestleMania, right? So, uh, it's, it was nice to see that again. But yeah, so that's, that's one right there that, uh, you didn't get a winner on. Uh, the second, like I said, the wrong women's title, John Smith, again, the bleep show at Extreme Rules. Go for it. Try to make sense of this one. Uh, I guess it's just a way to make everyone happy. Sasha gets to run around with the belt, but Asuka doesn't actually lose it. I mean, fast forwarding a little bit to Raw the next day, why the heck wasn't Asuka chasing Sasha around the ring the whole time to get her belt back? But we'll, we'll visit that later, I guess. Yep. But the, as far as the match is concerned, I think it was match of the night. Not including that uh, the pre-show match, but as far as the main show is concerned, I think this was match of the night. I loved how it went. I just don't like how it ended. Yeah, I don't think there was a problem with any of the wrestling um, at all on both shows this weekend, even at Slammiversary. Um, Impact always puts on great shows. But yeah, uh, when they weren't, you know, destroying endings of matches or trying to pull people's eyes out, you know, the wrestling throughout the entire show that's why I watch. I don't know. John the County. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Specifically in this, uh, raw women's title match, you know, uh, as you've seen and you'll continue to see, I don't often have a lot nice to say about the women's division. Uh, but this match, you know, until the ending, I couldn't find a thing to complain about. You had, you know, attempted submissions, uh, locked in submissions, rope breaks back and forth, you know, uh, high spots, no, nothing much more you could ask for other than, you know, maybe a real ending. 
What are real endings, though? Who needs them? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, do, do you get the feeling that maybe WWE is a little more concerned with their ratings on USA and Fox than actually, you know, putting on outcomes on pay-per-views? Because you can see AJ Styles has missed the last two pay-per-views but has defended the Intercontinental title, the SmackDown before, in absolutely amazing matches. Right. Um, John Smith, do you think ratings have anything to do with this? Because now, obviously, you know, we'll get into later. We're getting Sasha and Asuka again. Well, that's an interesting concept. Um, I think it has a lot more to do with the fact that AJ Styles is going to steal the show when it's on pay-per-view. And, you know, they don't want him overshadowing any of the, the big matches that have big stories about them you know i i mean I, a side effect of that is getting better ratings on smackdown by having aj on there but i think it's more to protect the other matches that would be outshined on the pay-per-view all right uh john the county anything you want to add to that topic before we move no, forward I think, that's a, I think that's an excellent point it gives us a chance to see more of aj because his matches are going to be even though they're broken up by commercial breaks we're going to get a longer match than you would have had time for probably on the pay-per-view card. And as John Smith said, he, you don't have to worry about uh, him getting any backstage heat for making everybody else look silly sitting in the mid-card and putting on five-and-a-half-star matches. Life's lonely at the top, huh, when you're the best and everyone else complains because you get over – life's got to be lonely at the top for AJ Styles. Got to be rough. Um, speaking of people at the top, Drew McIntyre defended the WWE title. Uh, Dolph Ziggler had a honey of a stipulation – I was very happy with that, John Smith. That was kudos to Dolph Ziggler on that one. Yeah, I did not see that one coming at all. I really liked that. I, I don't think we've ever had a one-sided no DEQ or extreme rules or whatever you want to call it match. Um, you know, I thought it was going to be the one arm tied behind the back, but this was way better. So um, the match itself, you know, Drew took some punishment and – you know, he was able to get that Claymore literally out of nowhere. That was one of the best Claymores I've ever seen. Yeah, he's, he snuck him good with that one. Dolph was coming in with, uh, I guess, his version of Sweet Chin Music, the, the, the Crescent Kick Super Kick uh, that he's been using now as his finisher. He was coming in, in with it, and McIntyre beat him to – beat him not to the punch, but beat him to the kick, John yeah. Connor. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, yeah, at first I was a little, a little irritated with, oh, come on, really, with this stipulation, but – it worked for the whole match's psychology perfectly. You know, every time when uh, McIntyre picked him up and almost suplexed him through a table and last minute suplexed him in the other direction. And, you know, he tried to bait him into hitting him with a chair to get DQ'd. And it just, it, it worked really well. And I have to admit I was wrong. I, I was initially a little ticked off, but it, it just, it, it led to a really good match. Uh, like I said, we're going to bring up these two again because they got their rematch coming up next week. Uh, on the SmackDown side of things at uh, the Bleep Show at Extreme Rules, uh, we actually had two outcomes in two title matches on the SmackDown side of things. Um, John Smith, as the one person out of the three of us that picked Bailey, there you go. She uh, she retained. Yeah, I just uh, I see her keeping that title until Sasha comes after it at, when they break up. So I I couldn't imagine a scenario where she lost the match, especially because she has no problem winning by any means necessary. Yeah, she took Sasha Banks' uh, boss knucks. 
gave her the kidney shot, then hit her with. Uh, I know John uh, John Smith. He, uh, we had this conversation Sunday night. That I, I believe that is Bailey's new finisher. Uh, the heel turn when she sliced up the Bailey buddies. I think she, uh, not that she retired Bailey to belly, but uh, that's just kind of just a move in a repertoire now. Yeah. Um, but John DeConi, I thought, I thought we had it, pal. After SmackDown <laughs> on Friday night, yeah. and Bailey beat her again, yep. and her confidence was down, and uh, she had to be. You know, Lex was trying to bring her up, and you know, even before the match at Extreme Rules, Asuka and Kyrie, even though Kyrie really didn't help all that much. <laughs> um, they were trying to build her up too and get the confidence. Go. I I just thought this was this was I don't want to say miracle on ice here, but do you believe in miracles type deal? Yeah, during their little hype session, I was thinking to myself, this re- this could happen. This really could happen. You know, we're still gonna get uh, Bailey and Banks running around with the tag titles. So I was convincing myself that it wouldn't matter if Bailey didn't have the title, uh, the SmackDown Women's title anymore. I was re- I was there. I was, and then I saw the. The, the four-finger nuts get passed, and the, the air came out of it. Yeah, literally. It shot nuts to the ribs. That would block the air out of everybody. Never a doubt. Uh, SmackDown Tag Team Champions. <laughs> that power bomb through the two tables. Uh, has anyone checked up on Kofi Kingston, John Smith? Holy crap. Um, I mean, that was probably the best – through two tables spot I've ever seen. <laughs> that was yeah. incredible. The setup, the you know, the fact that he was able to drive him straight through the middle of that those tables and he didn't miss. He didn't land on the back of his head. It you know, it was just a picture perfect. Like it shows you why Nakamura and more so Cesaro should be doing big things. That was an incredible match. Um, I got nothing bad to say about it. The only reason it's not at the top of my list is because I am in love with Oscar. Um, <laughs> but this match was awesome. Four and a half stars. Oh, wow. There you go. Again, Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega was the only thing missing from that match, John Connie. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I just love everything Cesaro does. I, the guy can, oh, yeah. can pretty much, can pretty much do no wrong as far as I'm concerned. And uh, he helps carry not, not, not carry Nakamura in terms of skill, but in terms of the fact that Nakamura has kind of been lost on this roster for a little while, and the, putting yeah, the two yeah. of them together uh, is just you know been working out. For, I mean, Cesaro is Cesaro's the spice that you put in everything. You know, he made Sheamus palatable. You know, now he's he's uh, reviving Nakamura. I absolutely love it. It was it was time for the title change. They did it in amazing fashion. And I look forward to them running it back probably at SummerSlam in some shape or form. Yeah. I guess uh, one of the Usos is still injured. Uh, I, unless, you know, Miz and Morrison, I don't know if you're going to do heels versus heels here. But, uh, yeah, it seems like the New Day uh, are the only ones around. Uh, Lucha Dragons, maybe. Or Lucha House Party. Not Dragons. Lucha House Party. I don't know. Uh, I guess the Forgotten Sons, they've been forgotten for whatever reason. I mean, we all know the reason, but let's just leave it where it is. Um, And now let's just, uh, John DeConi, take a deep breath. I'm going to talk to John Smith for a second about the eye for the eye match, eye for an eye. Um, Yeah, I know. We're going to let John take a couple deep breaths here before he just completely explodes on everybody. Um, Because I get the feeling, you know what, 
I don't feel like my intelligence was insulted as much. I did I think Ray's eye came out? No, obviously. Um, but they didn't try to make me look stupid, you know? Yeah, it's just the way that it happened is not plausible anyway. Like to have it dri- something driven into the corner of the steps and the eye pops it just doesn't make yeah, if you push the one side, I don't know, is it like a zit when you push the one side and another side pops? I don't, I don't know. I've never tried to poke my eye out before. So. I mean, the match, the match was good, but we knew that there was, it was coming to some sort of weird ending, and I think that's why I couldn't really enjoy the match, even though it was a pretty decent yeah. You knew, you knew it was coming. They did, they did some decent wrestling, though. I mean, they were, they were, they were going at it. Um, that didn't disappoint. Um, John DeConi. <laughs> yeah, well, right, just go, just go, <laughs> just get, get it all, just get it all out. I'm, I'm gonna sit back, do your thing. They, they, they backed themselves into a corner with this asinine stipulation, <laughs> and I kept holding on to the fleeting thought because uh, as we we talked in our uh, post podcast uh, text chain last week, someone had come up with the idea of. Maybe Dominic coming out and falling on the sword and saving his dad by yeah. saying, "I will, I'll go with you, Rollins or whatever." And I kept praying that they were that they were going to use that as their trapdoor. But they went ahead with the hokey finish of the referee just coming over and going, "Oh my God! Oh my! No, no blood packet running down the side of his. Oh my God! His eye is out of the side. Okay, all right, fantastic. So how do we wrap this up now? The the, the culmination at SummerSlam." Do we go for the pencil in the pee hole challenge where you know, <laughs> the only way to win this match is by threading a number two pencil into your opponent's urethra? I mean, come on. <laughs> that segment is definitely making a highlight tape if we ever make one. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't even know where to go from there. Let's just- the, the, eyeball, the eyeball looked like a freaking floater from a, from a fishing pole. With a little bit of like blood on it, a bobber, yeah, <laughs> yeah, a bobber, yeah. Um, well, the good news is, uh, I believe it was a, was a Kayla uh, that reported uh, that all of Ray's optic nerves are fine. Nothing <laughs> was located. Nothing was dislodged. He should um, take Ray some time to heal, and his vision should be back to uh, whatever his uh, prescription for his uh, colored contacts are. <laughs> Um, and wh- why were they doing so much wrestling, though? That's my thing. If the if the goal of the the match is to rip the eyeball out of your opponent, then why are they like locking up and doing some sunset flips and all sorts of stuff? You know, you gotta wear your opponent down to the point where it's, you know it's easier to take his eye out. I guess. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Let's just hope uh, that that definitely was the first. Let's just hope that is the last of uh, eye for an eye. Um. We'll fast forward. I know uh, Kevin Owens and Murphy had a barn burner on the kickoff show. I unfortunately missed it. Any of you guys want to chime in? Uh, Do you guys watch the kickoff show? I know John Smith, you were late. You were at my house too. I had a softball game. Yeah, no, I didn't watch it, but um, I, I read the recap of it, and it just seemed like it was a great match. I was kind of BSing before. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, John DeConnie, were you able to watch the kickoff show? Yeah, I, I tuned in just in time for them to go live with the first in-ring action of the night. And 
uh, it did not disappoint. You know, those two who, I mean, not specifically those two. It's not like, you know, Murphy and Alistair Black where, you, you know, you've already seen it. You can't wait. But you saw those two in the ring and you said, this is going to be good. And yeah. it absolutely was. Yeah, that was a match I didn't know I wanted to see until until actually I got a text from Ryan from Minutes the Bell. I'm like, all right, I'm starting to show late. You know, he doesn't know my policy. You know, please don't ruin the show for me. <laughs> uh, it's like, oh, yeah, Kevin Owens and Murphy on the kickoff show. If you're interested, I'm like, crap, I am very interested. I didn't know that. This is the match I didn't know I wanted to see until they announced it. That's it. Um, and then MVP declared himself the United States Championship because Apollo Crews uh, injured, yeah. I guess. According to the rumors going around. Couldn't pass a physical. Yeah, it couldn't pass a physical. <laughs> uh, so switching gears to Raw because we're it's 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 just that what what happened that extreme rules just stemmed right into it. So we'll just go to Raw real quick now. Um first things first, I guess you know, Randy Orton delivered. Uh he had actually it was a decent match with the big show. Took two RKOs to put the big man down with a uh, pendulum uh, draping DDT, whatever you want to call it, from the top rope. Usually he's from the middle, but, you know, Big Show's a big dude. He goes from the top. Um, then Randy got his punt in afterwards, John Smith. He uh, delivered on his promise. Yeah, it was pretty much chalk. That's kind of what we thought was going to happen. The The match was all right. I mean, I didn't really – I wasn't emotionally invested in it at all. I mean, it's the Big Show. He's. We've never really cared about the Big Show. So why are we going to care about him now? Okay. That's sad. Sorry. I care about the big show. <laughs> Actually, I watched his Netflix. I watched two episodes of his Netflix series a couple weeks ago. And then you stopped. And I stopped. <laughs> exactly. I'll give him a try. I'll always give Big Show a try. John the Connie. Yeah, yeah, it, it was exactly what we thought it would be. You know, Randy got to extend his legend killer legacy, and uh, the big show got to help them. I don't know. Scramble a few weeks waiting for Edge to get better or whatever their next storyline is going to be. You know, to me, it was two, you know, two big stars, really. You know, one obviously past his prime, but two big stars, but it was, it amounted to a little more than filler. Yeah. It was a decent main event. I thought it was, I thought it was, I thought it was good. That's the best you're going to get out of those two, I would say. You know, I mean, you know, even if you put those two back in their prime 20 years ago or 15 years ago, whatever it is, it's going to be the same. Yeah. And this is amazing because Randy's such a big dude. Like even they were they were showing on FS1 the uh, they're showing uh, tonight SummerSlam from 2016 there where it was uh, Brock busted open Randy Orton pretty bad if I remember correctly. Oh. Randy's big, Randy's a tall dude. Like he was big. He's bigger than Brock. And he again just Big Show just dwarfs him. Like it's 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 crazy. Like TV I don't think does Big Show justice. And I remember one time I saw him live at an event. And it was like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man was walking down the aisle. It's great. <laughs> um, the opening match, uh, we're going to go back to Seth Rollins real quick. Uh, him and Aleister Black, again, another great match. Um, I didn't know who was going to win that throughout the entire way. Um, Rollins ended up getting the curb stomp on him, getting the pinfall victory. Uh, really worked over his hand both during and after the match after Aleister Black accidentally punched the ring post going for Rollins' head. So, John DeCani, my question for you. Are we going to go finger for a finger here at SummerSlam with these two, or what are we doing? Yes, it's going to be a garden shears match. Pruning <laughs> shears match. Put it the on a pole. The only way to win there. is remove a digit from your opponent's hand. 
Uh, but I hope those two get out. I hope they do some kind of program. Um, and then a 100% Alistair Black. Uh, I guess a 100% Seth Rollins. I'll, I'll watch that any day. That was great. I think that was um, that was Alistair Black's first like one-on-one clean loss that he's ever had. Yeah. Um, I don't actually – Alistair Black's not due up next week, but I do remember seeing his records on MinnesotaBellTime.com. Alistair Black has uh, – he's either uh, – he's top three in wins on Raw. And I believe uh, only a couple of his losses came. I know one was the AJ Styles, and I believe the other one was a tag match. I don't know if that was three or four, but yeah, he's uh, he's he wins a lot, Alistair Black. Um, backstage, Farouk was talking to both MVP and Bobby Lashley, and I believe there was another segment. Uh, I think I caught it in the corner of my eye. He was talking with somebody else as well. Um, John DeConte, damn. Did we get it, Sam? Um, I, no. I was only half paying attention to Raw. <laughs> Did we actually get Ron Simmons on the show and we never got around to a damn? He, he seemed like he was conducting business. I forget who uh, I saw. I was outside with my wife. Uh, we were busy and I kind of looked in and I saw him talking to somebody else. I forget what it was, who he was. Uh, but he was definitely talking to the MVP and Lashley and MVP. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk, we'll talk. And then... Then all of a sudden, truth comes up, and Shelton Benjamin gets a roll up, and we have a new twenty four seven champion, in Shelton <laughs> Benjamin, and John Smith, the Hurt Business, got a new member, and good more Shelton Benjamin for us, please. Thank you. Absolutely, I love the Hurt Business. I love the name, the Hurt Business. I I love that Bobby Lashley doesn't have to talk anymore. Um, I love that Shelton Benjamin is going to get more screen time now, and I don't think MVP is going to try to hog the spotlight. I think he's going to do exactly what he's supposed to do. So this is just good all around, in my opinion. Yeah, and then John DeConi, uh not to be outshined, Mustafa Ali, who was recently, I uh, guess, traded to Raw. He wasn't a part of the AJ Styles trade. I don't know. Um but I guess this begs two things. One, how did he get to Raw? And then two, I guess the mystery hacker, it's not Mustafa Ali, huh? <laughs> uh, and and part three, more importantly, he gets his full name back. <laughs> he got, yeah, he got that back before, yeah. <laughs> we we went a while there just calling him Ali and pretending like that wasn't a little weird. Yeah, but he uh, he nailed the, the 450 splash on MVP, got the pinfall. Um, not sure if that means anything because MVP, he's not the United States champion and he's walking <laughs> around with that prop of a belt. Um, and, and if you looked at that, if you look at the belt, I know John McConaughey, I know you look at belts very closely and I know you love the side plates. Yep. What are those side plates on that United States title? They are generic. They are WWE logos. Remember Sasha Banks? Yep. On the Raw Women's Title, whose side plate is Oscar's side plate? Was still on those. So. Exactly, exactly. I uh, the belt's not official yet, though, so WWE's not going to make plates for a belt that's not official yet. I don't think it's ever going to be official. <laughs> I love your uh, your enthusiasm there. We got to make some sort of friendly bet on that one because I think it a hundred percent is going to be there. So maybe we could have like somebody. Dump water on their head or something, or we can do that like an ice bucket. All right, we, we'll figure something out. Yeah, oh yeah, I would bet the house on that. <laughs> yeah, because we we'll probably have a while before Apollo Cruz comes back because that, that type of injury sounds severe. So, um, yeah, Ruby Riot defeated Peyton Royce. I cried. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, the street, 
<laughs> right there with you. Back. They had a non-title match against uh, Andrade and Angel Garza. Uh, they're, they're they're getting heated, John Smith. That that that's a little rivalry that's getting heated, and the Street Profits has got. To, I don't know. Does Andrade and Angel Garza even get a title shot now? Like what's? Um, they're probably going to have to do something conniving to get themselves a shot at the belts at this point. Um, I was very surprised they didn't win this match. Um, and for the profits to just go over clean like that. Um, I do enjoy seeing the champs win a non-title match, generally speaking, because normally they always lose non-title matches, but, um, you know, the match was great, but you know, I don't see why, uh, Andrade and, Garza lost. We'll see. Yep. Uh, John anything you want to add to that? Uh, just, uh, just in the surprise that, uh, as John Smith said, as soon as I heard non-title, I'm like, okay, this is where Garza yep. and Andrade get the victory, and then we turn around and do it for the titles, blah, blah, blah. So th- there was a surprise there. So now I'm not really sure. But as you both said earlier, they get involved in some other match. You know, they, they help. They helped the Street Profits to lose somewhere along the way. And all right, they're right back in it with heel tactics. When in doubt, always go to heel tactics. You think this gets stretched to SummerSlam? Don't know if it's important enough for SummerSlam. I don't that's, know. Yeah, that's where I'm at with that. Unless SummerSlam is going to be too big for just one night. I don't know. There's another possibility. But yeah, I, I, I almost think maybe, you know, maybe they go back around and have another, you know, match with the the Viking Raiders just because that's bigger on the marquee for SummerSlam. Yeah. And uh, what sounds like her farewell match, Kyrie Singh did something. uh, She went out on top. She's going out with a victory over a clean victory over the SmackDown women's champion. Um, Bailey went for again, a Bailey to belly and uh, Kyrie got out of it, rolled up Bailey for the pinfall. Uh, and then, like I said, you know, I want to throw up. Here we go. This might be Kyrie Sane's last match. Apparently, her contract's up. She's going back to Japan. Uh, she's going to be with her husband who's over there. And uh, But she's leaving on good terms. So, uh, you know, there's going to be a Royal Rumble one day. Maybe, you know, three, four years from now. And here comes our beloved pirate princess again. But this might be it for the time being for, uh, for Kyrie John Smith. Yeah, that's actually news to me. I thought that the rumors were false about that because she stuck around so long. But um, I guess they wanted. I guess they convinced her to stay. According to the article, there uh, they convinced her to stay because I guess they wanted her to help with Oscar and the feud and everything with this with Bailey and Sasha. And now it's you know, so I think she did what Ray did. She worked past her contract just because she's a good person and she wanted to leave in good graces and do the right thing. And now she gets to go home and play mom. Yeah, good for her. So uh, this week's upcoming matches, as we talked about earlier, uh, well, two things. One, you're going to see new graphics here. Um, these graphics were given to us by MinutesToBellTime.com. Like I said, these are the stat guys, our Elias Sports Bureau of Professional Wrestling. Um, Stephanie McMahon came out while uh, Sasha and Baylor were celebrating their wins. And uh, she made this match for next week. Uh, she really didn't. De- she didn't declare a winner of the match. I could have been, could have been that guy and threw a no contest and ruined everybody's perfect pay per view. But I decided to be a nice guy on it. Um, 
But the winner's going to be the all-women's champion. Uh, John Smith, who do you got? Uh, still Asuka. It's always Asuka for me. That's why um, I figured I'd get you out of the way first. John DeCone? Yeah, I, I don't – I mean, and even thinking about it more, I just – I don't see why they would have the title change hands now on Raw. They could have done it at the pay-per-view. All right, John DeCone? Yeah, agreed. I don't think it makes any sense to take the, the title off of Asuka. Uh, you know, because eventually we got to get around to uh, <laughs> alien banks turning on each other. So let let Oscar go do her thing and yeah. And Shayna Baszler was watching. Shayna Baszler was watching uh, Kyrie and Bailey. Uh, she didn't watch the catering apparently. Um, but yeah, she it looks like she's Oscar and Baszler at SummerSlam. That is that would be awesome. I like that. Um, I'm going Oscar with this one now. The, the weird thing is, it's a weird stipulation. Why Stephanie McMahon mentioned it? You know, count out in those qualifications, and anyone interferes, and you know the title, the match is over. The title goes to the other person. Does Bailey get Sasha accidentally disqualified? Does she call? Like, I think this might be it. I, I think been saying it for three years now, but if, if this is, you know, if they're going to SummerSlam and that's what's up next and we have a month now, um, oops, and then Sasha, you know, and then all of a sudden something happens on SmackDown and, you know, Bailey, oops, maybe Nikki Cross gets a rematch and or Alexa Bliss gets a match. I don't know, but this now is the time, I guess, is my point. That's if you're gonna do it now, the time. If not, then you know they might as well go back to my original theory uh, from last week and just have them defend the tag titles against Trish and Lita because that's the only way. That's the only thing that they can do. Um, and then uh, the WWE Championship, uh, Dolph's getting his rematch, but this time Drew McIntyre gets to pick the stipulation. So now the roles are reversed. Drew McIntyre, nineteen and oh, look at that. Have a 2020 Drew McIntyre. Have a day. Have a year. Um, Dolph being, you know, one in five. That sounds like Dolph. Um, and then now Drew's holding out the stipulation. Uh, he won't announce it until uh, before the match starts. John Smith, are we gonna, is he going to do the same thing again? Just go extreme rules and do the exact opposite just to get revenge? No, I think he's going to make Dolph Ziggler put his career on the line. I'm thinking of something that, too. There's something that's going to... Yeah, then Dolph's going to lose, and then we're not going to hear from him for a while, and then he'll come back at the Rumble or something. Okay. John Connie. Yeah, I, I don't have a guess as to what the stipulation is, but I would imagine that the the babyface champion's not going to be spiteful and go, you know, with a role reversal. So it'll be something less dram- less dramatic, but maybe more... Entertaining? I don't know. But I certainly like that. I certainly like that idea of his career on the line. Yeah, I, it's a career. I don't know. Yeah, it, that's a career's tough though. Like, it's not, it's not done, right? Yeah, but they've who, who hasn't come out of retirement? How many times did Macho Man do it? How many times did Flair do it? Flair hasn't come out of retirement, and, and Impact doesn't count. Flair hasn't wrestled a match in WWE since. <laughs> oh, Impact doesn't that's count. Oh, I gotta go. Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels. He asked the Taker's permission to have that match in Saudi Arabia to come out of retirement. <laughs> anyway, okay, so we're gonna switch gears to SmackDown real quick because, like I said, AJ Styles and Matt Riddle tore it down. 
Um, again, that got the time it deserved. It was not on the pay-per-view. Fox got had to have gotten the ratings from it. Um, I guess it seems like an all-out win situation. Uh, John DeConte, you can go with you first on that one. Yeah, well, you, you, you got exactly what you paid for or didn't pay for, but you, you got, uh, what, 20 minutes of some uh, high-speed entertainment. Uh, you know, I, I, I can't say I was surprised by how good the match was because – I'm done being surprised by AJ Styles, uh, and I know Matt Riddle, as much as I hated him in the octagon, I, I know he can go in the squared circle. So uh, entertaining start to finish. I appreciated it. Yeah, uh, John Smith, what kind of shocked me with this, uh, Riddle was going for the bro mission, and Styles out-wrestled him. He got out of it and then rolled him up for the pin. Matt Riddle got out-wrestled by AJ Styles. Well, AJ Styles is the crafty veteran, man. He's, he's done it all. He's seen it all. He can reverse it all. Just because Matt Riddle comes from the MMA world doesn't mean that he's a better better physical wrestler. I think it, it, it was it was a good way to show that AJ Styles is on the same level as Matt Riddle as far as, you know, the, the Matt wrestling is concerned. Yeah, because the week before, uh, I don't know if it was the week before or two weeks before, I mean, I was the, the pinning combination that Matt Riddle had on John Morrison. Like wow, like that's that was incredible. And then all of a sudden it got turned around. I mean, it wasn't a great pinning combination, but he got out of a move to roll up and out wrestle. I just thought that was a little, little bit shocking, but you know, it's not exactly. It's AJ Styles. That's what he does. Uh, he wins in every way imaginable. Yeah. Um, and uh, Lacey Evans, I know Naomi's been a uh, topic of conversation on social media. Uh, she took a she got her Lacey Evans tied her hair to the rope, and when Naomi got it freed from the rope, turned around, took a right. Uh, the women's right, right punch, right fist, cold cock, whatever you want to call it. Uh, right in the face. Got her pretty good. And then uh, Lacey got the pinfall. Um, John DeConnie, anything you want to bring to light on this one? Or uh, I'm, I'm, I was not entertained. <laughs> it, uh, I, it, pass. <laughs> there you go. John Smith, now, now, now we watched it, and you heard me laugh hysterically on Sunday night. Rascally Rabbit. Uh, he trolled the karaoke yes. contest in the, the Bray Wyatt promo when Bray was doing the Mad Scientist, and Bray called out Rascally Rabbit uh, for doing that one. That was pretty funny. That that might be the the, set, the my favorite part of the Extreme Rules, even though it was only <laughs> a pre-match promo. But um, as far as the match on SmackDown is concerned, I don't I don't know why Lacey Evans is all of a sudden using heel tactics again. At least yeah, it seems like first. Yeah, I, I I don't know either. She uh, I guess she turned heel in the karaoke contest. Uh, I like her better as a heel anyway. I don't think uh, a lot of people like her, so they're not going to cheer for her, even though you know she's trying to protect her daughter from Sasha Banks or she was in the yeah. thing. She just has that look. Was it resting B face? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, um, so and then the only match they have announced for SmackDown, we have a ballroom brawl here, boys. Brawl room brawl. Look at those records. That's a combined 16 and 3 between these two. Uh, both these highest guys having great years. Um, but they're going to settle this in a bar room. Um, is that home field advantage for a guy who's Irish, John DeConi? <laughs> I mean, you have to assume, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> but some, somehow, I think, I mean, does, does this stretch out all the way to SummerSlam? I, I really hope not. I, I can't. I don't think so either. Yeah, because otherwise, I think Jeff wins it here and uh, puts his demons to bed, and 
you know, well, we can please just move on. Yeah, John, the, John Smith, I'm sorry. I know you mentioned last week you're done with, uh, you know. Yeah. No. Alcoholism and drug addiction is a lifelong disease. Uh, I think we're done with it with storylines, correct? Need to be done with this? Yeah. But as I mean, I think they're definitely stretching this out till SummerSlam, unfortunately, though. I'd like, I'd like it to, to not be, but um, I don't think Jeff gets, you know, his ultimate, you know, revenge on Sheamus until it's on on the big stage, unfortunately. Sheamus is going to be in his home court, you know, in the bar. I mean, some could say that's Jeff Hardy's home court too, though. Hey! <laughs> but, yeah, I see Sheamus winning the match, unfortunately, because I think the the, the angle is going to keep going. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Jeff Hardy on this one. I just want this done with. It's not going to be done until he wins. So we'll just uh, go with that. And something we forgot to gloss over, uh, we forgot to mention, we glossed right over it. After the uh, AJ Styles match, uh, he actually did shake Matt Riddle's hand. Good job. And then here comes Baron Corbin. Jumps Riddle from behind. And then Styles, like, you know, we're like, oh, Styles turning fit. And then he just Styles, like, yeah, that sucks. And he walks away. <laughs> you know, so Styles is still a heel or whatever. But, uh, yeah, Corbin and Riddle, uh, that looks like that's uh, – Looks like we're going to be talking about that match uh, in the upcoming weeks. Um, so that was it. So let's just go over real quick. These were our records uh, at Extreme Rules. Uh, and then we can close the brook on that. Um, our friends from Minute to Bell Time, uh, they hit the Perfecto along with John Smith. Uh, so they got the uh, the five-point bonus with the four matches. Tyler, uh, I'm sorry, John DeConi and I uh, didn't have a lot of luck with Nikki Cross. Uh, Tyler, I believe, on the show picked Rey Mysterio. Uh, then I believe he changed his pick to a no contest. So I have half a mind to make Tyler wrong twice on that one. <laughs> but uh, needless to say, t- yeah, we went three and one. We, uh, like I said, four, you know, four matches that result out of the seven. That's, that's a little tough. Um, Slammiversary. Okay, so... Eddie Edwards, Ace Austin, and Trey is in the ring. And here we are anxiously waiting for this mystery opponent. I don't want to say that was a troll job, but, like, all of this for Rich Swan, and I love Rich Swan. Don't get me wrong. Can you? Like, I was excited to see him. Rich Swan, you know, playing some games in the back, playing a little ha-ha with the crutches. <laughs> According to Josh Matthews, that's what I mean. I'm going to steal that from Josh Matthews. Well, ha ha. Had a rich one. But then, uh, as originally planned, we were back up to five as Eric Young was uh, another mystery uh, opponent. So we were back up to five in an elimination match, John McConney. Yes, indeed. Yes, we had. Uh, now, I, I almost feel like this whole card was booked wrong from top to bottom. Like, wouldn't it have been? Wouldn't it have been fantastic to have had if you were going to have him come back, Rich Swan, in an Ultimate X, with Trey, Ace Austin, and Chris Bay? Like those four guys could have torn the house down yeah. for the X Division title, and then if you had freed up Willie Mack, you could put him and Moose and Eddie Edwards and whoever was coming back in for the world title. Like I just feel right. like the whole card was lopsided and there was guys that I would have pulled out of here and put in over there but uh, it was certainly an entertaining main event I thought it was great and uh, we'll say Bound for Glory is right around the corner maybe uh, 
Maybe Scott Demore. I don't know if Scott Demore and Don Callis listen to this podcast just yet, but uh, maybe someday, you know, they'll they'll take uh, some advice from us. John Smith, that was your first uh, Slammiversary main event. I sat right next to you. You seem pleased watching it with you. Yeah, I mean, I'm always down for an elimination-style match. Those always intrigue me because anybody can win no matter who's in the match. Um, you know, I, I don't know much about any of the guys in it besides Eric Young and Rich Swan, just because they were over in WWE land. Um, even Rich Swan, I don't really know too much about because he was on 205 most of the time. But, yeah, the... I was really impressed with the main event. I really liked it. That Ace Austin kid really has it. Um, yeah. I, and he's I, a guy. When, when we talked at the very beginning of the match, I was like, okay, let's call who gets eliminated first. And you said whoever. And I said Eddie Edwards. That's when you knew that Eddie Edwards was going to win the match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got that right. I forget it was eliminated first, but I got that one. I, was, I think that was Trey. I tried. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, actually, Trey hit the uh, Trey did a let's see, he slid on his stomach outside, or he went through the bottom rope to the outside and then flipped it into a destroyer. Uh, yeah, that, was, knees, uh, that was pretty impressive. The knees first between the bottom and middle rope, and then into a destroyer onto the diamond plate. I, I really thought Rich Swan might have been uh, dinged up after that one. Yeah, well, he did later. Eric Young got him later. Um, and, yeah, I, I thought I had it, Ace Austin. I forgot. I didn't – not that I forgot. I just didn't realize he's a Jersey guy. I'm glad I picked him for that. But um, speaking of Jersey, John DeConi. I want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Yana Peraza was our new Impact Knockouts champion. John Smith, we'll leave with you on this one. We'll, we'll give John DeConi again a chance to catch his breath. <laughs> That was a hard-hitting match. That was a great match. It was a very good match, and I did not expect her to win in her first match for the title. Um, you know, it was nice to see her, but I I really like Jordan Grace, so I was I was kind of upset that she, that she lost the title. But overall, I'm I'm fine with the way the match went. Yeah, and I said it last week. That's such an impact thing to do uh, is just give somebody the title right when they walk into the door. Uh, but John DeConi, uh, you know, outcome aside, you know, that seems that the, that's the theme of the show today. Regardless of the result of the match, um, John, they beat the crap out of each other. Like they were getting, they were hitting hard, they were hitting fast, and they were hitting mean. Yeah, and you know, th this match it, it set up in, in such a way where I started to feel good about it because the announcers were putting over Perazzo nonstop. Uh, she, you know, in terms of ring psychology, she went after the arms from the opening second. And in my wrestling fandom, I felt like that set up for the physically superior champion to take a beating and then come out on top in the end through her physical, uh, her superior yeah. physical ability. And then down the line, the technician learns from the first match and then eventually takes the belt. But uh, so I was feeling good all the way, all the way. And then Ferrazzo put her into a uh, double Fujiwara, basically the rings of Saturn. And yeah. uh, we got a verbal tap and my heart was broken and my weekend was ruined. <laughs> <laughs> Between Jordan Grayson and I for I match. Let's just strike this freaking weekend from the episode, uh, from the record somehow. Um, I guess we're gonna, the tag team division got a little interesting. 
Um, in the main event, we did see, uh, as they said, they were coming. They came out at midnight on Saturday, Saturday morning. Carl uh, Anderson, Luke Gallows, uh, they're an impact. They officially signed. They cracked open the beer in the middle of the ring, and they celebrated, and they were there. They came out at the end in the main event um, to thwart an uh, attempt by Madman Fulton uh, to get revenge on Eddie Edwards for the Ace Austin loss. Uh, Gallison and Anderson came out, took care of Madman Fulton. So now they're in the tag division, along with, you know, a lot of people had them as uh, the team that was going to answer the call against the Rascals. Out of nowhere, I thought these guys were retired. The Motor City Machine Guns. Yes! I hope they take a round <laughs> the county. Great match with the Rascals first. Oh, I, I thought of you the minute I saw them, and then I thought of you every second of that match. Because holy s, the machine guns have not lost a step. No. Not not for one second did they show an ounce of ring rust. Their timing was impeccable. Their their tag team uh, tactic, double team tactics were impeccable. That was a fantastic opening match. Yeah, I completely off guard. John Smith, I, I was trying to tell you, I mean, John McConney knows, Chris Saban, since I first saw him in 2002, I'm like, that's my guy. Like, that's it. That's my ex-guy from for the rest of my life. He is my ex-division guy. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was a good match. I, I'd never seen any of them wrestle before, I don't think. Maybe maybe you've showed me a Saban match in the past. But, um, yeah, I was happy with that. I mean, the tag division seems pretty legit over in Impact. It's, it's so. getting there. It's getting there. You add Gals Anderson, and if the machine guns can stick around, like I said, I heard rumors Saban retired. I know Alex Shelley uh, had one match with NXT. He teamed with Kushida in the Dusty Cup this past year, but that was just a one-off uh, for the time splitter thing, I guess maybe as a favor uh, to uh, Kushida. But, yeah, man, I hope they stick around, and we're going we're gonna to talk about them a little later on. Um, the game, what's that? Isn't it on tonight or is it Thursday? It is on tonight. Yeah. That's, that's, that's going to be a match to pick because they are going to challenge the North. Uh, the North, uh, they got the win over Sammy Callahan and Ken Shamrock. Um, I don't know if it was by design, John McConaughey. I kind of want to give you know, the world's most dangerous man the benefit of the, uh, the doubt that it was by design, that he just looked confused as all hell during that match. You know, I, I was I was going to take a little shot at uh, Deanna Perrazzo in breaking down that match and saying that, you know, even though she put together a couple of nice chain moves, there were a couple of moments in that match where you could tell this woman's wrestled once in God knows how long. Mm -hmm. But that was erased from my memory as I watched Ken Shamrock not know where he was supposed to be in the ring for almost this entire match. <laughs> Yeah, they had some miscommunications, and uh, the North capitalized. But there was a couple times, yeah, like I, I don't know if it was Alexander or Page, but somebody was going for a pin in the ring. Cameron Shamrock's just standing right there and doesn't even yeah. try to break it up. <laughs> and, yeah, and not sure whether or not he was supposed to break up the pin. You know, just yeah, it was so, so sloppy. I, uh, John Smith, I, I I love Ken Shamrock. I, I I said I really hope that was by design that uh, he just. Yeah, I mean, it was just good to see him in the ring, in my like for me. But <clears throat> it just seems he he doesn't belong anymore. Um, I mean, maybe that the the angle he had with Sammy Callahan prior 
was good. I you know I should go back and watch that, but you know I, he didn't impress me on Saturday. Yeah, we we looked it up. What was he fifty six? I think Stephanie looked it up. Was he fifty six years old? Isn't he? Mm-hmm. He's yeah, doing, he's doing something be, a lot of wrestlers do. Yeah, you know, a lot of guys. Uh, Chris Bay. Actually, we'll get to Chris Bay in a second because he's got a match later. I have the rematch later. Um, did you know, John DeConi? I like that. It. Moose sucks eggs. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. In, in a a nod to uh, one of his mentors. Yep. Uh, we got we got Tommy Dreamer and a Moose sucks eggs T-shirt. And not wear, and I guess in going with that nod to Terry Funk, uh, he didn't wear his normal half House of Hardcore, half dusty polka dot pants. Yeah. He wore uh, some uh, red, white, and blue design on his plain black pants. But uh, yes, and the, the TNA title got itself a little upgrade. It a did. Little white, a little white re-leather job. And Moose continued to show us that he is quite an athlete. And really, not that great of a wrestler. <laughs> he is a physical specimen, but he's the only person I've ever seen that at six six or whatever. You know, a couple of weeks ago, he struggled to put an abdominal stretch on a guy who was like five nine, and you know, <laughs> and then you know went for the extra leverage of the ropes, and didn't bother to space himself so that he had to lean for the rope. He like literally just went like. Look, my hands on the rope. Now it hurts more. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> he just doesn't have a ring IQ, and yet he, you know, when he got, I mean, he got up for like a six foot drop kick to almost kick oh, yeah. off. He got he a pretty drop kick. Gifted, but good lord, does he need some training? <laughs> uh yeah, I think I think Moose needs to get to, to full sale of the Performance Center, John Smith. Eh, it wouldn't it wouldn't hurt him, but in the meantime. Um, like I said, he had Tommy Dreamer. Uh, they had some thumbtacks out there. I don't think they got used the way we normally see them. I don't know. I think I didn't even see any of them in Dreamer, and they were supposedly they were supposed to hit his face. I don't know. Yeah, I think they wound up on his chest. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so then we have uh, Heath Slater. I guess now he's going as known as Heath. Again, he he just. John Smith, he just does not fail to entertain. Comes out from the crowd, or the lack of the crowd, jumps the barricade. Rohit Raju comes out. Yeah, well, you know, Rohit Raju is, you know, whatever. I guess their version of Heath Slater or whatever. He doesn't get enough respect. All he does is lose, blah, blah, blah. But then when Heath Slater goes in the back, finds Rhino, that's probably the happiest reunion of all time. And Scott Torres, we didn't sign you. So we're back again to Heath Slater not having a job. Even though he probably really does. Like, this is great. This was, I, I really hope this was Heath's idea. Yeah, what about what about Heath Slater's microphone not working during yeah, the promo? Yeah, that was a very, like, it was very Heath for that to happen. I, I mean, I almost thought that it was part of the show because, like, oh, we're not piping this mic into our live feed because we don't know what this guy's going to say. Exactly. But then the other dude comes out. I forgot who it is. Forgive me. And his yeah. mic's not working either. <laughs> impact will always be impact. See, this is the thing. Impact it puts on great wrestling. It really does. If yeah. you watch a slam anniversary or a bound for glory and it's just cover to cover, 
I never have any complaints about the wrestling. It's just everything else is just you. You know what they say about good intentions, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the gauntlets match. Uh, we'll just we'll, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna throw up the standings right now. Our impact for how we did. Uh oh. Yeah, John Smith, you, you can turn away right now. Thank God for Moose, right? Um, <laughs> exactly. That, uh, that gauntlet match. Uh, Kylie Ray got me that extra win, got me that extra point that keeps me in first place over Tyler. Uh, John the County, three for four. Uh, our friends at Minutes the Bell Time, three for four, or three and four. And yeah, John Smith, thank God for Moose. But yeah, Kylie Ray went coast to coast. I and mean, it wasn't, you know, I forget an impact gauntlet's different than a, you know, a WWE gauntlet. So that worked, that really worked in favor because I said so John Smith was sitting right next to me. And I, I I bleeped a couple times when Kylie Ray came out at number two. I'm like, God. <laughs> yeah, that that match had a it had a really weird flow to it. So the the rules were, uh, one and two were in the ring for two minutes before the third com- uh, competitor would come out, and then it was a minute thereafter. And the ten knockout uh, gauntlet match, which which changed to an eleven knockout gauntlet match, became like a fourteen knockout gauntlet match yep. if you count Johnny Bravo twice as being uh you know additional knockouts but uh, yeah. uh Johnny Bravo doing a, a very good Mick Foley impersonation from the 98 Rumble John Smith <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely um I thought that was a really innovative style of match I wish they didn't call it a gauntlet though I think that they can make that one of their like own specialty type of matches you know yeah. when we hear gauntlet we hear we think of something completely different and I wasn't looking forward to it because I thought it was going to be a traditional gauntlet. And it was way better the way it was. Um, but, yeah, going back to that records thing, if you, had, if you had taken my advice last week and not taken any of my advice, then you would have went 6-1 and one at the show. Yep. Or at least 5-2. and two. That gauntlet was tough to pick. I mean, you had to be a really, really smart person to be able to pick that gauntlet right. <laughs> uh tonight as we mentioned tonight on impact uh we got a couple things going on here uh first things first you know eddie edwards is going to address uh you know as a champion i guess that's kind of the thing in every company once you win the championship you probably got the first segment of the show uh to come out you gotta get the feeling maybe uh ace austin is gonna be gunning is gonna be right behind them because i'm sure uh that feud I didn't realize they had such a deep feud as uh, they do. I guess Ace Austin was trying to uh, break up Eddie Edwards' marriage. Uh, and then uh, the Good Brothers will be there as well. Um, Gallows and Anderson, uh, I don't know if they're going to be in-ring. They will be there. Um, as well as Heath. I remember Rhino said uh, for Heath to show up. Uh, Rhino will take care of it. Um then we got we got a knockouts tag team match here. I spy a Jersey girl, John DeConi, uh Tasha Steeles and Kiara Hogan against the Via and Havoc. Yep, I feel like we've done this before, but uh, their matches have been entertaining. So yeah, sure, sure, why not? Let's do it again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the post I guess post slam anniversary post gauntlets. They had the one on one matches where I believe Steeles and Hogan won each of those. Did they have the tag match uh, yet as well? I think I want to say they. They might, might have had it before they said they broke down into the into the singles matches. I, I quite honestly don't remember that. The whole knockouts division is a little bit of a blur the last month. Yeah, 
Uh, I'm obviously not betting against uh, Tasha this time around. I bet against her on the gauntlet. I apologize. Uh, I will never do Jersey that dirty again. Uh, John Smith, who do you got? Um, I'll take um, Hogan and Steels. All right. There you go. Smart man. <laughs> uh, and then we have uh, two championship matches uh, tonight on the show. Uh, as I said, we're going to get to Chris Bay now because Chris Bay um, actually defeated by himself uh, – Defeated Willie Mack to become the 45th John Lacani. We're up to 45. Good Lord. The 45th X Division champion. Um, and he said he did it on his own. We all thought that Swinger was going to try to interfere and that ended up costing the match. But then, as we saw last Tuesday night after our show, uh, you know, Swinger caught Chris Bay talking some smack about it. So Swinger's like, yeah, I tried. It's not going to happen. Daddy. Yeah, he left him on his own. Now, I, I, I wasn't sure. You know, I, still, I had Willie Mack. And I guess I probably should have figured out at that point that that was a bad pick. But I thought maybe, okay, maybe Bay goes, and the first time around he doesn't get it done. He goes back to Swinger and says, you know, I need you, I need your help, I need yeah. you at ringside. But uh, it, basically, what they did was wash away all the, uh, the ridiculous BS that uh, Swinger has brought to the to the stage for the last month or so. Uh, entertaining as it may have been, and they just put they put on an excellent X division match, and Willie Mack moves like an X division uh, competitor, and Bay obviously obviously is a flippy guy, so he uh, fits right in there, and we had ourselves a heck of a match, ending with a slingshot cutter for the one two three. Yeah, John Smith. Uh, like I said, you know, we were talking about it. we were watching Willie Mack, and I was like, man, I want to see him fight Kevin Owens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be a real good match. Um, I just don't understand like the whole X division to begin with. I know it's supposed to be something different, but like, there's really no like rule set involved, and it kind of makes it a gray area, you know. It's not that's about weight that, limits; it's about no limits. Yeah, that's why I like how Moose is carrying that other title around because you know another like normal singles title for people to care about would be cool. You know, like just a regular. Like a mid, I feel like the X division is like not mid card; it's like separate. So I feel like this TNA belt could could be you know yeah. secondary belt. Yeah, they have they have tried before. There was a Legends Championship. There was a what was the oh, the, the god awful one uh, where they had the, the judges oh. at ringside. Yeah, the bad. global champion or something like that. Well, no, the, the global was the GFW. That wasn't no. It was like the Grand Slam. Uh, yeah, Grand okay. Champion. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, was that, was, that was that was tough. It was scorecard judges, it was rounds. It was, it, it was, it was innovative. It was different. I won't say it was innovative. It was different, and they tried it. And you know, I think Damian Sandow or whatever yeah, his name was. Right, he was the first champ, right? Yeah, and he was the one that was, and it just did not work. And then obviously, I don't think Damian. Eh, I don't know. I'll just keep quiet on Damian Sandow for now. Um, who do you got tonight, guys? I believe we're skipping here. Uh, who we got for the, uh, tonight? John Nakani. Uh, well, uh, I'm going to assume Bay holds on. To, you know, no reason to give it to him, only to take it right away. So I'm going to I'm gonna stick with Bay. I can't see. You know, that's the WWE way of thinking. Who the hell knows what Scott DeMore and, and, and Don, oh, yeah. Don Smith. Believe me, I will not try and understand what the impact is into. You know, like, they seem to put together vignettes 
where we as the wrestling fans, especially we as the Uber wrestling fans, try to break it down frame by frame, second by second, and go, oh, well, this happened, so there's got to be a payoff to this. And they made this reference, so there's got to be a payoff to that. And in the end, Impact just goes, yeah, screw it. Let's just do this, this, and this. Yeah. <laughs> I saw an article today, even whatever it was, the, the whole thing with eights and eights was just to you know, lead people the wrong direction. <laughs> Why even? They had me. Anyway. <laughs> uh, John Smith, who do you got tonight? Well, I'll double down on Willie Mack, getting his title back. All right. Oh, Willie. Why not? Um, and the reason why here's, here's my why not, and I actually I texted you guys and I, I took the screenshot of it. Chris Bay retweeted my uh my uh promotion of his match on Twitter <laughs> from Pro Wrestling Pick. Um, I should have changed my pick right then and there, but that's the cardinal sin. You never change your uh, never change your pick. <laughs> uh, but I'm not betting against them right now. I'm going Chris Bay. Chris Bay, thank you for the retweet. And then I actually retweeted uh I retweeted his celebration. Uh, it was a bay per- hashtag Bay per view. <laughs> and then, uh, as we talked about earlier, uh, the Motor City Machine Guns, uh, <laughs> the North, after their championship win, were saying they're the greatest team in history. And then out came the Machine Guns, and like, hold on a second. You know, yeah, this is fun. You know, I want to say the way Impact Tag Division was when they've, they've been champed for a year, but it's like saying, like, you're the skinniest kid at Fat Camp here. You know, like, it's like who they, it's I don't know. John DeConte, who do you got in this one? Uh, yeah, uh, because I'm gonna stick with, and once again, this will probably work to my detriment. I said it a couple of weeks ago. I think you know the North hold them until it's time to hand them over to the Good Brothers. And it, it, it may be stupid of me, but to not realize that Impact is really good at changing their minds midstream. But I'm gonna stick with the North. All right, John Smith, who you got? Uh, I'll go with the North also. I mean, if I knew about the Motor City, Motor City Machine Guns, that's like, what, 35 push-ups? 40 that's push-ups? a lot of push-ups. <laughs> yeah. Um, if if I knew more about, like, are they sticking around? Are they under contract? Blah, blah, blah. Then, you know, might, that might play into it. But I feel like this might be more of a one-off or a kind of short stint for them. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I – don't, I, I, I'm picking the machine guns just because there's there's no points, there's nothing like this other thing, like so I'll just screw it and pick the machine guns. Um, I, I don't know, you, you don't know how long they're gonna stick around for. I you, you don't know, maybe one small title run and just give them a you know keep them around to bound for glory, then maybe have them lose it to Giles and Anderson. That'd be a fun match. Um, John, wh- where are the machine guns from? Motor what? <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that's uh, that'll do it for Impact. Um, John Smith, interesting NXT. Um, this past Wednesday, uh, Keith Lee uh, put his titles on the line right away. Dominic Dajakovic came out for it. I guess he just asked for it. I missed the segment, uh, and Keith just gave it to him. And then they, I think they had a what started off slow. I know you you let me know that, but uh, I think it kind of picked up towards the end. Yeah, I mean. We all knew that it, that Dijakovic wasn't going to win the match, so it was kind of like, you know, why are we having this match? But I mean, you know, for the wrestling, strictly the wrestling, it was it was an awesome match. Not awesome, okay, uh, above average match. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> and the way that we figured, uh, you know, 
I like that Dijakovic was a, a little tentative about accepting the match beforehand. Like, dude, I'm not I, ready. Like, you got you should have let me know, you know, something like that, you know, maybe. But then later on, with what happened with Karrion Cross in the background, it's going to end up being some sort of Ivan Drago Apollo Creed situation, I think. Yeah, well, that's yeah. They say they're they're, they're going to have their match tonight, but yeah, uh, after their match, uh, Smoke Show Scarlett Bordeaux. I can't call it that anymore, right? That's ten push-ups. Uh, Scarlett came out with the broken hourglass uh, that Keith Lee shattered a few weeks ago. John Akani, is Keith Lee in trouble here? Well, I know Dijakovic's in trouble, but is Keith Lee in trouble? You know, I, I uh, well, yes, I think he is to some degree. I'm just not sure when. I think uh, the big announcement from Regal, uh, based on you know, not not no rumor or anything that I've heard, but it just would make sense that maybe he's going to set up some kind of tournament for one of those titles because you know he's got to start defending. I, I I imagine he's not going to defend them simultaneously all along because eventually you want to get back to having two people hold the titles. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I think Keith Lee is in trouble down the line. I just don't know how soon. Okay, and then, uh, John Smith, I don't know if you were kind of trying to, to troll me last Wednesday night because I kept on saying Tegan was the main event, Tegan was the main event. No, even no, it's coming out. Now it ends up being the main event. That's the one that came went up uh, against Mox and Cage. They put EO and Tegan. I don't think they disappointed at all. They went all out again, the NXT women's division. Yeah, that was definitely uh, a better main event than the other show put on, and but you know we'll get into that one later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this it, I mean, like we say a lot, what happened is what we assumed would happen. I mean, it's too early for EO to lose the title, but it showed that Tegan can hang, and it also gave us an opportunity to see one of the most vicious kicks by Dakota Kai I've ever seen in my life <laughs> up on that ramp. Yeah, Dakota Kai. All right, between that kick, because Dakota Kai, like I said, and the headlines at the beginning, you know, Karrion Cross and Dakota Kai, they start, they're setting themselves up to be the next challengers. But Tegan, at the end of the match, Tegan was setting her up for the shiniest wizard. And she went to go run in for it. And Io Shirai knocked the Welsh right out of Tegan. Now, boom! And you can see the blood coming out of Tegan's mouth, like shortly thereafter. She she got her good, so she got a uh, you know the palm strike to the face, followed by the moonsault, and that's what got the win for John Deconi. Yeah, yeah, that palm strike made me sit up uh, straight in my chair. That, that was stiff. But uh, yeah, overall, yeah, Tegan uh, absolutely proved she can hang at that level. Uh, she kind of had been you know involved in all the. Every time there was six or eight people involved to see who was going to be the number one contender, who was going to hang around the top of the card, she was there, but uh, no offense, Al. Uh, she was a little bit of an afterthought. She yeah. proved, she proved uh, you know, uh, on that night that she absolutely deserves to be right up there towards the top of the ladies' part of the card. Uh, Damien Priest and Cameron Grimes, they uh, they put on another great match. Um, like I said, this was uh, a match where I guess Priest was quote-unquote 100% after uh, I think two weeks prior. It was two weeks he had off. Or maybe it was three weeks. I don't remember. He, uh, he had some time to heal up the back that Cameron Grimes and Finn Balor both uh, kind of took on Damien Priest. Uh, great match with Grimey, John Smith. Yeah, I could watch these guys. It's like it's like Buddy Murphy and Alistair Black. I could watch these two go at it any day. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, I, I mean, that one move that Grimes does, the collision course, where he does like some sort of forward backflip crazy. It like, looks like he's the one getting hurt, and all of a sudden he's squashing the guy. I love that move. That's called X Division style wrestling. <laughs> the former X Division champion, Cameron Grimes. Oh, yeah, I didn't Cameron know that. Oh, yeah. Here's real quick. Let's go back. There was a, a Bound for Glory, or I don't know, it was Bound for Glory, Slam Reverse. And like, oh, it's a big show. I'll just watch it. So it was the opening match was the X Division title, and it was DJ Z, who was now Jacqueline Wilde, versus Trevor Lee, who's now Cameron Grimes. Completely tore it down. <laughs> just tore it down. I was like, all right, this Trevor Lee guy, I like this guy, and now he's grimy. Now it's grind time. John the Connie. Yeah, this 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 was a very entertaining match, and uh, I'm always I'm always happy when I see uh, a razor's edge, yeah, and this one was uh, on the apron. Yeah, uh, but well, I don't know why I can't get into Damian Priest's character. I, I just I don't understand why. Grimey entertains the hell out of me, but every time I see Priest coming down the ramp, even though he winds up putting on good matches, I see Priest and I'm just like, ah, this guy again. I don't know. Yeah, I don't the know what it is. just doesn't do it for you, huh? I can't put my finger on it. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> um, after the match, uh, Damien Priest to look into the camera. He said, "Lee and Dijakovic, I'm uh, I'm I'm watching you guys. I want the winner type deal." So, uh, Damien Priest, he might be in this uh, conversation or a major announcement. Uh, so we can get into that after. Uh, we got like two more things to talk about here with NXT. One of them being uh, promo by Legato del Fantasma, John DeCani. Here's the quote. Sometimes you have to tear things down in order to build them back up. Talking about the, taking the cruiserweight division from the sideshow to the main show. He's the I, guy to do it. Yes? Uh, yeah, exactly. He certainly seems like it. And uh, I love the fact, you know, what we've talked before, I love a good faction. So you know, I love the fact that he will have his uh, his henchmen with him, uh, henchmen with him uh, wherever he goes, and I hope that that happens exactly as he is uh, alluded to it unfolding. I hope he runs roughshod over the division, but meanwhile makes us care about it. Because no offense, they put on some great matches, but there really hasn't been a good, coherent, long-running storyline, and this this very well could be the one. And, and I hope he's absolutely right. Yeah, John Smith, you can't follow up on that. I think he kind of hit the nail on the head on that one. Yeah, I was going to say, all of that. And I, I just really liked the um, – I liked the promo, like how it, it was very, like, mafia style, the way that they were yeah. talking backstage. So, yeah, but all of that that he just said. <laughs> um, Indy Hartwell got her first career victory. Um, over Shanti Blackheart due to interference by Robert Stone and Aaliyah. And then Timothy Thatcher uh, was wrestling in a Hansman towel and beat him with a single leg crab. The reason why I want to bring this up is because the only question I have is, is, is Timothy Thatcher going to be using a different submission move every week to beat somebody? Is this going to be one of those things where he doesn't use the same submission finisher twice? I hope so. I think that it's been a long time coming for somebody to do something like that. It doesn't, yeah, it's very like, creative and very different. I love it. Yeah, a submission specialist doesn't need to only have one move, you know? 
I mean, aside from the whole like dungeon stuff, which I don't really care for, like why are these guys keeping coming back to class if they're just gonna get beat up? Um, aside from that whole aspect, and I know it's like a Stu Hart, you know, homage, whatever, but I think what he does in the ring is awesome, and I love the fact that he's using a different move every time. Yep. John Lacani, uh, care to follow up on that or uh, absolutely agree with everything he said. Uh, that's uh, it's it's it is uh, well past time to have a technician that doesn't rely on one signature. And uh, this 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 should be great. I just can't wait to see who if it winds up being uh, continuing to be Lorcan or do they find another technician to put in with him and let him have a nice long run with him and back and forth in multiple matches. Mm-hmm. Um, going into tomorrow night on NXT. Uh, again, we're going to throw up some uh, some graphics from MinutesToBellTime.com. Uh, no shock that Karrion uh, Cross is undefeated here. Dijakovic's having a rough year. We keep on fighting Keith Lee. I guess that's what your record's going to be. Um, here's a fun little tweet that Dijakovic put out um, in regards to this match. Oh, let me get the graphic back up here. There we go. Uh, two more days until I beat the MS Paint, which I believe we discussed was the Microsoft Paint. Two more days until I beat the Microsoft Paint tattoos off of Cosplay Goldberg while Sub-Zero's grandmother watches. <laughs> Them's fighting words, John Smith. They are. I mean, I don't know where the Sub-Zero grandma thing comes from, but, uh, you know, I, I like I like how he attacked Karrion Cross this way. Um, you know, I wouldn't want with, like, a jacked-up low-key, but I guess... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess this works, too, but... Um, I mean, as far as the match is concerned, you know, I don't think it's going to be a squash like like Cross has been doing to people. I just think that it's going to be uh, it's it's going to be a hurt fest, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Um, yeah, John DeConnie, I don't think there's anything else to say about that. Uh, just, this has just got Karen Cross just in every which way, shape, or form. And I like yeah. the Apollo Creed reference to <laughs> Vitrago. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I already dropped the line, so I forgot to say it again. But, yeah, this is, like, clearly a, Ro- a Rocky Four type of yep. angle they're, they're pushing right now. Um, I haven't seen Killian Dane in a long time. Uh, I guess I don't know if he was uh, caught overseas or they just weren't using him, but Killian Dane's been back on TV. Um, this is a very intriguing match, uh, John Smith. Uh, that's your boy fighting Killian Dane right there. Yeah, yeah, I think this is going to be a great match. Um, I see Loomis winning it. He's, you know, he's got the rocket up his ass right now as far as the push is concerned. Um, I don't like that they're having Killian, uh, if that happens, I don't like that they're having Killian Dane lose so much on his return because it's like, okay, we kind of forgot about you, and now you come back and you just start losing, and then you have Robert Stone get you a match. Yeah. why, Why are you doing, like, I don't know. I mean, maybe they just have nothing for him. So hey, let's throw him as part of this, so that way we get get some eyeballs on him. But I don't know. Yeah, John DeConi, is this? You think there's some way that Robert Stone can actually control Killian Dane here, or do you just want him to be some? You know, I don't know if he's no, he's Northern Ireland, right? He's Belfast. He's in Finley. Yeah, maybe, maybe he's putting together some kind of misfits coalition here, and you know, Dane's just going to be the heavy. You know, it'd be nice just to see him get a little more TV time if that's how it works out, even if it's as part of the, uh, you know, comic relief gimmick for the brand. So anything that puts him uh, on TV, I'm good with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a fan of Killian Dane. Um, 
Any ideas real quick? Uh, I know we kind of touched on it, Regal's announcement. I know you said uh, something with uh, a tournament. John Smith, do you have anything that you want to throw out there? Uh, the whole tournament thing is news to no, me. No, because anything with Regal's announcement. John the Connie said it was probably going to be some kind of tournament for one of the titles. Oh, oh okay. Um, I mean, I don't know what to think about Regal. Yeah. Annou- I, I didn't know that he was making an ama- announcement. Yeah, they were, they were advertising last night on Raw. Uh, have a major announcement. So we I get mean, commercials. Yeah, off the, off the top of my head, I just can't think of what the announcement could be. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm, I don't know if it's going to be a tournament. I just get the feeling, you know, I guess because you know they have a takeover coming up too. They're they're part of SummerSlam weekend, as far as I know, right now. Um, I, I get, I feel Keith Lee's going to have to defend both titles. So I don't know what's the announcement, you know, for one or for the other. Yeah, it, it, I just think it's going to be something in regards to Keith Lee and TakeOver. Um, yeah, I'd like to see them take the uh, – having forced them to, to drop the belt, though. I'd love to see a tournament for it. Yeah. We moved on the Round Robin tournament, too. That was a lot of fun with the Cruiserweight title. Um, yeah. Right for the phone, uh, again, was last Wednesday. Um, a great cause, uh, the, NX, uh, the AEW – um, started last year, so they've only been in existence for two years now. Um, they did it last year. Um, apparently, it's going to be uh, a charity event for something different every year. This year just happens to be uh, COVID relief for the Jacksonville area. Florida has not. Uh, Florida's been kind of been getting hit pretty hard uh, recently. Uh, so AEW likes to put on, you know, a little little charity event, a little show to help raise money for uh, that cause. So that was great to see. Um, but in the main event. Uh, John the Connie, I'll start with you. If you're Brian Cage, are you furious right now at Taz for throwing well, in apparently, the uh, Apparently, uh, he was thinking out loud over Twitter and uh, contemplating uh, giving Taz his walking papers. Uh, it appears that uh, they have worked things out. You know, they, they seem to be okay now uh, in social media space. Uh, but they have something to say, so there's going to be, uh, you know, they're they're going to get a live mic during uh, uh, tomorrow night's broadcast. So we'll see yeah. what, what their plans are and, next. And, and Taz never takes advantage of a live mic, John Smith. Oh my God! What a lame, what a lame main event. Like, okay, you come out, and then he's got to cut a promo before the main event even starts, and then he's the reason that that Cage loses at the end by throwing in the towel. It's like. Just get put the tights back on and get in the ring, you know. Don't like, stop living through Cage. Um, Cage no selling that arm immediately after the match was over. Oh, yeah, that's yep. That that aggravated me. I mean, <clears throat> I don't know. <laughs> it seemed like Cage wasn't giving up, and I think this was a way to save Cage's face. Because again, because now we're in this we're in the same situation they had with Lance Archer, or the same situation that Karen Cross was in. And this is an impact. They don't win. They don't. You don't win the world title just by showing up, in, you know, in AEW or in WWE. So now, like, this is just the way. Cage wasn't giving up. I think that's that's going to be the ultimate end of this match. Like, obviously, we don't want him to win the AEW title. It's way too soon. I think we all can agree on that. But it's just like, okay, well, if if Taz gets concerned enough, because Taz knows the machine, the machine's never going to give up, I have to stop the match before he gets seriously injured on the arm that was already surgically repaired. You know, I, I the way it's spun, I'm okay with it because of the way you can spin it that way where it saves Cage's face, you know. Now Darby Allen comes out, you know, and now, we, now Cage is separated. 
from the world title picture. I think this was perfect timing. Um, Tony Hawk apparently uh, medically cleared Darby Allen to re return to in-ring action. Um, and I guess him and Cage can start their feud now going forward. So uh, I, I, I'm okay with it. Mox looked great. Cage looked great. Cage, I haven't seen him in a long time. I saw him for a little bit lucha ground on the ground. I missed his run and impact as world champion completely. Um, he's he's a lot more athletic than I gave him credit for. I think by looking at him, you just think somebody like Lex Luger stiff type deal, and he's not. You know, so I'll give him credit for that. Um, we have two potential heel turns that really weren't heel turns, but they're kind of on the brink here. We'll start with Cody first because his uh, wasn't as severe. He used a lot of heel tactics in the match with Sonny Kiss. I think maybe he was just playing the part of the heel so everyone would actually want to cheer for Sonny Kiss, who uh, I spy a Jersey guy. Again, between him and Ace Austin, I just I, I forgot or I didn't know. Um, but that was a pretty decent match for the TNT title, Don DeConny. Yeah, yeah, I could have done without the uh, NBA halftime celebration ring entrance. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Took my joke. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when it came right down to it, when Sonny Kiss was in the ring, Sonny can go. I mean, there, there was some, there was some, some definite high flying stuff going on. Uh, the, the, the cartwheel axe kick that uh, Excalibur referred to as axes and O's, and I mean, the, the, Sonny can go. I was impressed. Yeah, that was your first real uh, action to see him, man. I, I always been on dark a ton. Um, and according to uh, Kenny Pete, who was on our show a couple of weeks ago, that apparently the TNT Network didn't want him on air. Uh, you know, that's where SpongeBob will spawn. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I don't know <laughs> where it is. But, um, yeah, Sonny Kiss, uh, his, his ring entrance kind of put the Spirit Squad to shame, John Smith. <laughs> um, well, you know me when I when it comes to Cody, it translates to fast forward. So I actually <laughs> did not see any of the beginning of AEW last week. But um, you know, that's nothing against Sonny Kiss. It's just you know, it's it's a personal thing. I see Cody, I fast forward. That's it. Yeah. Cody <laughs> no control is FF, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. Two tag team matches. Or let's say, well, going back, uh, bleh, I kind of started the segment with the heel turns, and I almost skipped one of them. Uh, Kenny Omega. <laughs> now, for those of you who don't, you know, Kenny Omega in New Japan is not this happy-go-lucky Kenny Omega that we see on all. We haven't seen on all all, all elite wrestling. Uh, his persona as the cleaner, um, although does put on thirty-five star matches. Um, kind of a D-hole. So we're kind of getting that uh, sign of Kenny Omega coming out here, John DeConi. Um Poor Marco stunt. He <laughs> <laughs> was just the wrong man in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, yeah, yeah we started out, you know, and they, they laid it out well, you know. Uh, uh, you don't always get that with uh, Tony Schiavone anywhere near a microphone, but... Uh, uh, they laid it out well uh, that uh, maybe it was Excalibur that said, you know, uh, with smaller guys, sometimes Omega underestimates them. Oh, look, he's wrestling in a T-shirt. He's not really Jericho. taking this. He's not really taking this seriously. Jericho. Okay. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Uh, of course, it was Jericho. Jericho's gold. What am I thinking? Exactly. He, he is. He is to anything involving a microphone what Kenny Omega is to anything inside the squared circle. Yeah. So, I'm but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, 
<laughs> I'm covered in orange juice. Yeah. <laughs> that was a $7,000 jacket that got ruined. Um, during the match, John Smith, uh, Hangman Page uh, was having a couple drinks at the bar. Uh, FTR joined them. Everybody likes a good drinker. I think Stone Cold Steve Austin proved that, that if you drink any type of alcohol, you're going to get cheered by the wrestling universe. Uh, specifically, a uh, according to Chris Jericho's uh, demographic, 18 to 49-year-old uh, males, uh, they like drinkers. So I think what they're doing here is if you turn Omega heel, you can keep the drinker as the face with FTR and have them have some beers and stuff too. I think... This is going a little bit backwards than what we've been expecting. Yeah, I mean, we we didn't we also didn't mention that he got two beers poured on his head by FTR earlier <laughs> in the show, so maybe that's what what triggered the the um, the the new Japan Kenny Omega to come out. You know, yeah. this Japan Kenny I never I've never seen before. I've only seen I've only been exposed to him as far as like you know his character and. In a in AEW, so you know I've never seen. I was very excited to see that that he was beating up Marco Stunt after that yeah. match was over. But, yeah, when um, you're the former leader of the Bullet Club, kind of have some D hole characteristics. <laughs> yeah, AJ Styles was that way. Finn Balor was that way. They uh, evil evil just turned. <laughs> the amount of nut stomps evil did in the New Japan Cup had to have been a record. <laughs> Um, yeah, John, going into uh, what you were saying after the uh, match FTR with, with uh, pouring beer on Kenny Omega, they had a barn burner with Pentagon and Phoenix again. John Smith, you can keep going with that one. Oh, that's that's a match that I that I would have liked to have seen on a pay-per-view without commercial breaks and let it go 30 minutes for, yep. for the title. Um, I like the, the whole pulling off of the mask thing, so... You know, it, it saves space for for the luchas. Yeah. You know, because they they number one is keep your face hidden. You can lose as much as you want as long as you got your face hidden. So, I like I like that ending. Yeah, as a Lucha Brothers fan, I did not like that at all that he got his mask taken off. But yeah, it's this is this is a cheap way to win. But then again, screw it. You know, this <laughs> it can't all be gold. Anyway, John the Connie. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That was. That was the way to uh, let them take a loss and not look all that bad doing it. And uh, God, do I love tag team. When tag team wrestling is good, it is so good. Why, why does Vince hate us? Why won't Vince <laughs> take a lesson from this? <laughs> um, during both the FTR and Lucha Brothers match, along with the, the TNT title with Cody and Sonny Kiss, you know, Cody was, like I said, I mentioned, a little heel tendencies. FTR, a little heel. Tully Blanchard was watching. They, were, they kept on putting the camera on Tully Blanchard. Is there any type of, like, Cody with Arn, Sean Spears with Tully, and then you throw FTR? Is there, like, some kind of six-horseman thing here? Or is, uh, is this a, the topic of conversation that, to be tabled, I guess? Yeah. They kept showing Tully. I, and Arn and Tully, obviously, they're good friends, former tag champions, and the FTR absolutely idolized the Rainbusters. You know, Cody would go with Arn, and then Sean Spears is already with Tully. It's they, That could that could be a very 
easy put together. Um, and then in other news, Nyla Rose chose Vicky Guerrero of all people to be her manager. We'll just leave that there. Let Rascally Rabbit make fun of that one. <laughs> uh, let's get uh, tonight's AEW. Uh, we're gonna, uh, I think, about three or four matches uh, booked. Um, NJF will start him off. That's uh, seven and two. Both of those losses are in tag team action when he was not pinned. Um, he will be in action. Um, Cody's going to be defending the TNT Championship in an open challenge. Uh, 15 and one. That's. Hey, when you're booking it, you can win. Yeah. <laughs> John Smith, think about that though. Fifteen and one, so that's mean there's been sixteen times you fast forwarded Cody. <laughs> yeah, he saved me a lot of time. Uh, any wild shots in the dark on who uh, is going to fight Cody? I say Joey Janela. If he went from Sunny Kiss, I'll go with Jersey Joe. That's all right. We'll just move forward then. All right. Um, <laughs> Forest. Luchasaurus, oh, Luchasaurus, you just read my mind. Already has a match. Um, oh, man. <laughs> uh, I guess after John Smith, you mentioned that Chris Jericho got juiced by Orange Cassidy. Um, the Jurassic Express were actually laughing about it during a promo uh, after that. Jericho took offense to it, so he got the biggest guy on his squad and Jake Hager. Uh, we got a tag team match going here. Who do you got in this one, John Smith? Um... I, I go with the inner circle via heel tactics. I want to see Hager go nose to nose with um, with Lucha with Luchasaurus though. Yep. That, that's what I'm most interested in in this match. John DeConi? absolutely, yeah, completely agree. I think uh, the inner circle wins by devious means if need be, and uh, you know, as we we've said uh, probably three four times in the last month. Jurassic Express never has to win for everyone to continue loving them, so why not? Uh, but they seem to be getting a lot of tag team wins lately, so I'm going to go with uh, the Jurassic Express on this one. Uh, they got the wins over NJP and Warlow, two singles guys. Uh, they proved that they were the better team. Uh, you know, Jer Jericho and Hager, you know, uh, Sammy is usually Jericho's tag partner, Les Sex Gods. Um, Sammy is not uh, working at this moment. I doubt he'll be using that name when he comes back either. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, interesting match here. Uh, the women's division is getting a little bit, little shot in the arm, I think. Because um, this uh, Diamante and Ivelisse, um, I believe, I don't know if this is both of their um, AEW debuts. Uh, Diamante was an impact. She was running around... Uh, with uh, LAX. LA, thank you. I couldn't think of the initials. I was like O D B. No, it's not that. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're I'm running around with the Latin American Exchange for a while uh, with Homicide Hernandez and I believe Eddie Kingston. It was the OGs uh, part of the LAX and that feud with Conan and uh, Santana and Ortiz. Um, but then you got Evil East, and if you're a Lucha Underground fan, you know she's a two-time trios champion. Um. I believe she's the first. She was part of the uh, one third of the first ever trios champions, if I remember correctly. I believe Angelico and uh, Son of Havoc, maybe. 
I did look it up just because I'm excited to have her back. She was injured. She missed some time uh, in Lucha on the ground, but I'm glad to see her back. Um, Ivelisse can go. Diamante, I, I think, can go. So, um, John Nakani, I don't know. I, I, I think they're both going to win in this match. Obviously, that can only be one winner. This is not <laughs> the horror show extreme rules. Only one person can win. Um, who you got? Uh, based on little more than your enthusiasm, I'm going to go with Ivelisse. Yeah, I, I'm going Ivelisse too just because I, I know her. And like I said, Lucha on the ground. I, I, I pull for the Lucha on the ground people. Uh, more so than not, even though I didn't, you know, I, I picked against Brian Cage last week. John Smith? Uh, I forgot what her name was, but I'll go with the other one. Diamante. 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 Yeah, yeah so. If, if these two can, one of them. Yeah, if these, this, I'm hoping this will be good. If you can get these two going, um, and then maybe, you know, whatever with Tessa Blanchard, because she's out there lurking somewhere, that, you know, they they need some help in that women's division. It seems like WWE and NXT have everybody. They need some help. Um, not that who they have is bad. They just don't have the the quantity. You know. Right. Uh, where do we leave off? We have one, uh, two more matches, right? Yeah. Hangman Page. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, I think he's gonna be off the bar stool on this one. He's gonna be fighting five of uh, the Dark Order, not five members of the Dark Order. Uh, the wrestler by the name of Five, artist formerly known as Alan Angels. I, yeah, I, I, I <laughs> missed a lot of the formation of the Dark Order for whatever reason. I know there's a five and a ten. You know, it's Alex Reynolds, <laughs> and I know there's Stu. I know Stu Grayson. Anyway, who do you got in this? <laughs> John Connie, who do you got in this one? I'll go with the Hangman. Yeah, John Good. Smith. Yeah, Hangman. Why are they? Why? Why are they even telling us about this match? Well, we care about five, you know. Oh, maybe Cole Cabana comes out and gets a hug. Uh, you know, helps five with the big win. I, I, I don't know. Um, and then we have a false count anywhere match. Um, John Smith, as you mentioned, at the end of FTR versus uh, the Lucha Brothers, the Blade and the Butcher came out with FTR's truck. Um. Dangling the keys out, you know, T's and FTR, and here come the Young Bucks. They hit Blade and Butcher from behind, get the keys back to the FTR. Um, and then I believe the truck went all Harley Davidson with Hulk Hogan and didn't start. I don't know it's irrelevant. Oh, Just uh, that memory down, uh, trip down memory lane with Hulk Hogan installed on the Undertaker's Harley. <laughs> yeah, that, that, was a very, that was a very impact moment right there. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Uh, they didn't gas it up before they gave it back to him. I think that I might have been. I had to rewind that one. I lost some of my fast forwarding because I wanted to see it again. Because I was like, did they really not? Could they? At first, I thought they started backing up, but they had the cameraman start backing up to make it look like they were reversing out of it. That's, I mean. That's, yeah, if that if that's seriously what happened, the cameraman actually thought, that's great thinking on your feet if you're a cameraman. Maybe if I start walking backwards, it looks like they're driving away. That, like at first, I actually thought that the, that they were reversing because I wasn't paying that close attention. But I went back and looked. I couldn't believe it. Like, how do you not? How do you not know if the if the truck's going to start? Didn't they drive the truck up in the first? They drove it up. Yeah. Jesus, it's an old classic. It's probably got a kill switch. Nobody bothered to tell them how to start. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right, uh, who who we got on this one? I, you know what? I, I, I'll screw it. I'll go upset. Blade and the Butcher. It's, it's it's false count everywhere. I know that that makes sure uh, that allows the Bucks to jump off of everything that's not nailed down. But uh, let's get the Blade and the Butcher a win here. You know, screw it. Why not? Yeah, Don I'll take the ice cream man. Yeah, take, uh, I, actually, I actually agree. I think the, uh, the stipulation allows them to go all over the place and. Maybe for other people to get involved, and it's just too easy to always go with the buck. So let's go with the butcher and the blade. I love it. All right, I think that'll. Uh, I think that does it for us today. Uh, I believe uh, we tied a nice little bow. Uh, ran a little bit long again. You know, we try to keep it ninety minutes. I we went a little bit over. Uh, gonna pay some bills here real quick and and promote some uh, some upcoming shows. Uh. The primetime rundown uh, episode. What number are we up to? No episode number on it. All right. Well, the primetime rundown was every Friday at six o'clock. There is Tyler Dell's beautiful face, right dead center. Uh, we're hoping that um, he'll be able to start doing Fridays with the primetime rundown again. Uh, we're gonna hold down the fort here on Tuesdays. Um, in the meantime. We'll throw our graphic up there real quick. We'll be back here again at the same time, same place, as always, uh, next Tuesday at 6 o'clock uh, to recap everything in the wrestling week. Uh, once again, all the graphics you've been seeing all that all night long, uh, they belong to MinutesToBelt.com. Um, the best way I can describe them, they are the Elias Sports Bureau of, of Pro Wrestling. All the numbers that you, uh, you could possibly want, records, uh, stacks, title defenses, they have it all. Make sure you go to MinutesToBell.com and sign up for their newsletter, The Body Slam Brigade. Um, got some really fun stuff uh, to read about um, every week. Uh, so as we just formed our partnership with them. We're going to be going forward with them. We are excited to be going forward to them. Um, and then we just want to let everybody know we actually – we have our own special show coming up um, in the end of August, uh, SummerSlam weekend. We have a Saturday afternoon Essential Wrestling Podcast special we would love for you to be a part of to get ready for NXT TakeOver and for SummerSlam. Um, so myself, John, and John will be around for that. Tyler should be here. Hopefully we'll have some guests, make the show a little bit more special than uh, just uh, normal three handsome men talking wrestling here. Um, and thank you very much, everybody, for watching. Please... Like our stuff, subscribe to the I-95 Sports Network on YouTube, follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, ProWrestlingPick'em.com, MinutesToBell.com, the Eastern Observer. Love us all because we love you. For John Smith, for John DeConi, wow, I almost forgot. I can't believe I almost forgot. I was too busy trying to make sure we remembered all of our social media stuff. Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss, we love you so much. <laughs> Oh, I can't believe I almost forgot it. Thank you very much for listening. For John Smith, for John DeConi, for Tyler Adele, my name is Al Carl. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. We will see you next week. John DeConi. Thank you for joining us. And as always, we wish you the best in all your future endeavors. Hey, bartender, Joe Boo needs a refill.